Hold on a minute. Don't you think we ought to talk? What about how I'm going to run? Sure. About how you've managed to live as long as you have. Think you can drive? Well, we can drive. We can drive beyond the limits of the tires, the engine, the car, anything else. Nothing I can't do with the race car. <laughs> well, that's the difference between you and me. There's only so much I can do. You want me to work the pit and you drive? Welcome to a very special episode of Your Best Bets. We're here to talk about uh, one of my favorite movies, um, something that's been in the works for a couple months. Um, and actually, it's a great time of year for, uh, for us to be discussing this with the NASCAR season on the horizon. It's Days of Thunder, the 1990 hit. I put that in quotation marks because I'm not sure it was a hit, but it's lived on in uh, uh, years of cable reruns on TNT and TBS and so forth for over 30 years. Um, felt like we had to pay our proper respect to this. Uh, what I feel like has become a, a bit of a legendary movie. Um, it's a great rewatch. And, uh, it, you know, we just, I, I felt like it was, it was due for us to kind of review the movie, talk about kind of, Everything from the racing scenes to some of the best quotes. Um, uh, there's some really legendary things in here. Um, joining me to break it all down, Sarah Miller. Sarah, you uh, just recently watched Days of Thunder for the first time somehow, and we've been together for over 20 years. How'd that happen? I'm luck. Welcome. It's uh, I'm glad you're here. Second time uh, in over 100 episodes. So uh, it's about time you come back. Uh, Amanda Ramsey making her debut, and, and, and what a debut to talk about Days of Thunder. The best time I wanted to be here. It's the only time I've ever wanted to be on the show. <laughs> I don't know if I feel honored or disappointed by that comment. <laughs> it's for uh, your own good. I'd be useless on the others. And, and of course, recurring guest Tim Miller, who uh, we we basically grew up with this movie. We did. I'm uh, I'm super excited about this one this has uh, been a long time coming we discussed this for a while and uh this is one of my favorite movies and i probably can recite this movie as well as any other movie there's a couple other ones um billy madison happy gilmore <clears throat> outside of that this is it there's so many one-liners in this that uh, amanda and i use to communicate with each other um with certain things and it's a We'll get into that as we go through this, but it's kind of, it's become a weird language between us. And I just appreciate the fact that she's a big fan of, uh, I guess, an interesting racing movie, but one that it still holds its, I still think it's the best like stock car racing movie that's ever been made. Yeah. You know, watching it back this week, I feel like I, I was a little bit surprised. I feel like some of it has aged well. And we'll talk about some of those uh, some of those items later. Um, it, it was I guess last year I watched Jurassic Park for the first time in like twenty years, and I was so shocked how well it held up because you see some of these movies from the early mid nineties that 
you know, within 10 years, it, it's, it's obsolete for whatever reason, but I think days of thunder in some ways held up really well. And um, in the ways that it was bad initially, it's still bad, but we appreciate a lot of those uh, specific things. And we'll, and we'll talk about those. So days of thunder um, comes out in 1990. It's made in 1989, 1990. Tom Cruise is, is the star of the movie. I mean, it's basically the time where Tom Cruise was, uh, you know, kind of the king of Hollywood. He had the run in the eighties with Top Gun, Rain Man, uh, born on 4th of July. He got nominated for an Oscar and then he starts filming Days of Thunder. Basically came about with Paul Newman and Tom Cruise. They were friends or buddies with Rick Hendrick, a NASCAR owner. Um, They got talking about potentially making a movie. Of course, Tom Cruise, we know he's a big thrill seeker. He tests a stock car and as soon as he gets out of the car, he's like, we got to make the movie. Um, so, you know, they get, they get the funding. Um, they find a director, the producers, the whole thing. And, you know, the backstory is it takes way longer than, than they think uh, it's going to take to make the movie. They go way over budget. Um, I just, I, I read in the research, they tear up over 60 race cars. They had to continually send them back to the shop, rebuild them. But this movie um, at the time, you know, it opens number one at the box office in the summer of 1990. It, it beats out other hits such as Dick Tracy, RoboCop 2. Quickly, though, after that, in the, in the following weeks, it really falls in the box office. So it didn't have a lot of staying power. But like I said, I think long term, it's, you know, it, it's really lived on through cable TV. Tim? For sure. It's, it's something I see on TV all the time. But when you try to rent it on one of the streaming services, I, I'm not sure if any of them carry it without a fee. So uh, if you catch it on TV, that's good. And it seems like I always catch the same part and have to watch the same part. But it's it's a lot like Twister. Once it's on TV, it's hard for me to turn it off and just have to finish it at that point. Um, some Doing some of the research was interesting because I found out a lot about the movie that in a way I didn't want to know. You know, like it was almost better just taking the movie for what it was and and not knowing some of the background stuff. Um, and I'd heard stories about, you know, Earnhardt might have been offered the role of Rowdy Burns. And I that's something Junior said. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Um, I, I think the movie also, you know, I, I think it it helped bring a lot of new NASCAR fans because. NASCAR it started in the South. It was kind of based in the South. It wasn't like a national sport, really. It was something that the South and Southeast knew about, and, and they, they loved it. And they sold plenty of tickets at that time. But in the 90s, with you know, Jeff Gordon coming up and, and Earnhardt, who he was, and, and there was a lot of you know, Rusty Wallace and, and these guys, it really exploded in the nineties. I don't know if this movie had a lot to do with that or not, but I think it kind of did because like I said before, I think I said it on the last podcast, this is the first movie that you and I saw together and you had to be like six years old and I had to be like 12, you know, like I was young, but I believe, you know, we, we did get into NASCAR a little bit more heavily as, as the nineties went on. And, you know, I, I believe watching these guys beat and bang like they do, you know, and not in a true way, because that's not really what NASCAR is. But I, I do believe that it 
it it changed the fan base of NASCAR in the nineties. It's kind of interesting. I, I think it was right when the sport was um, rising and uh, you know, the story of Cole trickle somewhat mirrors the future story of Jeff Gordon almost, yeah. um, almost identically really um, when you think about it. So uh, I don't know, that, that was kind of interesting and, and, you know, rewatching it. I'm like, this is, this is really the story of Gordon coming to the South, coming from open wheel racing, California guy, um, the whole thing and, and, and all these, all these old timers, not really receptive to him uh, coming into the sport. Um, I want to talk about Tom Cruise real quick. Amanda, where do you sit on, on Tom Cruise? Was this one of his better movies or is this not even in the top three? I mean, I love the movie. It's one of his better movies. Is it because he's in it? Not really. It just happened to be the movie that he was in. Um, I honestly didn't even know that it wasn't popular when it came out. I thought everybody loved this movie. We grew up watching this movie all the time. It's turned into enough of a cult classic. Everybody's seen it at some point. Even we finally got Sarah in here. But definitely, I mean, the Top Gun Days of Thunder era are what made Tom Cruise who he is. Right. I don't know if that's a good thing. Yeah, and I was. I, I think he was 28 when he made this movie uh sarah what about you where 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 do you lie on tom cruise thoughts on him yeah this is my first time watching it so i'm reviewing this after just watching it one time um it was one of his more passionate performances uh i i think he in my opinion overacted a lot which probably made some of the scenes great he might win the overacting category later on. And, and yeah, he might. Not. He might. Yeah, a lot of dramatic, aggressive scenes. Well, I know you. I know. I know you're not a huge Tom Cruise guy. Um, I, I know you have personal feelings about him based off of the whole relationship with him and Nicole Kidman, how it ended. So I know how you feel about him personally. Um, I, I think this is where they actually hit it off on set, um, and they, they met for the first time. So it kind of spurred their relationship on found that out too. Um, so I, I have a couple notes, additional notes before we get into some of these categories that we, we talked about in the lead up here, uh, it says here, Tom Cruise wanted Kurt Russell for, for the role of Rowdy Burns. I don't know. I, so Michael Rooker, who I don't know a lot about, he was in the walking dead when I watched that, but I thought, I thought this guy played Rowdy Burns pretty well. Now, whether, you know, would, would earn her have done a better job, and he's not an actor, so I, I don't know. But Kurt Russell couldn't couldn't film because he was filming Backdraft. Uh, great movie in its own right, actually. Also, production finished without a script, which is not surprising after reading about what a disheveled mess the whole movie was. Um, that they were filming scenes with one of the writers giving Tom Cruise his lines through the uh, through through like an earpiece under the helmet. Um, so that's how unprepared some of those scenes were. And he didn't even know his lines until he was in the car. And obviously we talked about Rick Hendrick, you know, one of the, probably the most famous or widely known NASCAR owner. Um, it's loosely based on him, um, his driver, Tim Richmond in the eighties um, and uh, their, their crew chief, Harry Hyde. So, you know, they didn't do a lot with the name change there. We're going to Harry hog Um I had starred that, you know, you had, you had mentioned this and that Earnhardt was, was rumored for the role of Rowdy Burns. Again, I don't know how that would have went. Um, 
It says here that also the crew would sit around for up to 20 hours a day, not, not doing anything because it was so ill-planned that there would be certain days where the crew would be waiting around with nothing to do, um, which is pretty amazing. Uh, Nicole Sounds Kidman, like my job. <laughs> Nicole Kidman, who, of course, plays the role of Claire, um, the doctor. By the way, she was 22 years old when she filmed the movie. Um, not not real believable as a neurosurgeon at that age, um, although she did you know, pull it off decently. Uh, apparently, she wanted to study neurosurgery for her part, um, but uh, the director said, don't waste your time. You're not going to need it. Um, yeah, he was right about that because we'll get into some of that trash later. Plus uh, the whole neurosurgeon thing. I didn't know she's only 22, though. I know. I was shocked. That That's... Uh, I thought she was at least 30 at the time. Yeah, she looks older than that in the movie. Um, producers Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer spent 400 k to have a vacant storefront in their hotel converted to a personal gym. They also held parties there with friends like rapper Tone Loke during production. Apparently became quite the party scene during production. Sarah's heard me say this three times, so I'm going to say it for a fourth time. These actresses were offered to play Claire, Sandra Bullock, Jodie Foster, Sarah Jessica Parker, Heather Locklear, Madonna, Molly Ringwald, Julie Roberts, Meg Ryan, Brooke Shields, Sharon Stone, among others. Anybody could have done a better job than, than Nicole Kidman, Amanda? Oh, I thought you were just making a statement. Anybody could have done better. <laughs> well, because <laughs> that's how you feel. Yeah, I do. Um, I actually looked through because one of the things is who could have played her better. And I agreed with that list. I went with Michelle Pfeiffer. I thought hmm. she could pull it off. Hmm. Sharon Stone was my backup, but I thought Michelle Pfeiffer would be a little more believable with Tom Cruise. I mean, Sandra Bullock wasn't even a, Sandra Bullock wasn't even a thing at that time. Right. I mean, she yeah. kind of made her big splash with speed, which was like 93 or 94. So some of this IMDb stuff, is this like Wikipedia where anybody can put this information in? Anybody know? <laughs> I think so, actually. <laughs> uh, I literally factual. found out about it with uh, with you telling me it existed. I didn't know that you could do all that. So, I mean, Amanda has something, but I thought she had like a special app and you can just put the movie in Google and it'll give you all this information. It's pretty cool. No, my special app is IMDb. Oh, it's a cool, it's a cool special app. It's not that special now that I know about it. So a lot of the filming was done, um, especially at Daytona, with uh, live at the, at the 1990 Daytona 500. They had a couple movie cars that they put in the back of the pack, and they ran about 40, 50 laps. And apparently a lot of the... Uh, a lot of the drivers weren't real happy, including Earnhardt, that the movie cars were getting in the way. Um, but I do think that helped some of the footage. Like the opening scene of the movie is awesome. Um, it's really great. And uh, a lot of that comes from the uh, the photography and the movie cars around Daytona. Um, any other notes that you guys have? Um Tim or Amanda, that 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 you wrote out before we we get into further discussion about some of the specifics. No, I think I followed uh, I think, our list. I have a whole yeah. page. I have a whole page. Well, actually, uh, a five-page document of goofs and errors in the movie um, that I, I read every one. 
And every time I, each time I read one, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I do remember that. And um, it's a lot of it's continuity errors of, of the racing scenes. You know, you know, one time you'd be passing the 45 car and then they, they'd flash to him in the car, then they go back and it's a different number of car. I mean, it's pretty basic stuff, right? You would think at some point in the editing process, they would notice that, oh man, that's, uh, we, we got to mix, we, we got to change that up. The car numbers aren't even the same in, in the same scene. I think that's due to what you said earlier, like the movie wasn't ready when it was supposed to be, and they had to kind of rush it at the end. So some of the editing probably got lost in that because yeah i mean there's times in the movie if you watch enough times like there's there's scenes where you know, there's one car underneath you know because it's always three wide for some reason but it's it's three wide and there's the other car that really doesn't matter because it's it's rowdy and coal or coal and and uh shit i can't think of his name russ 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 sorry um it, but it, the but it, the car changes like when they're in the same corner. It's a different car, and it's like you know that that wasn't filmed properly. There was there was some times where Cole's face was really really dirty in the car, and then they <laughs> go back over there, and then it's not quite as dirty. So, um, you know, it there's some. Things. Why was it so dirty? We could never figure it out. Well, nobody else's face got dirty. I mean, that's <laughs> some of these things end up in my nitpicks because, yeah. and, and the, the dirty face thing, you know, maybe we'll just get into that in a little bit, but yeah. Um, well, that was actually one of the, uh, one of the continuity errors on IMDb was his face was, was filthy in the Daytona 500. He wins at the end of the movie, but his windshield is perfectly pristine. Um, you know, <laughs> It just it didn't add up, but yeah, every every scene he was in, uh, every race, his his face was just really progressively dirtier and dirtier. Well, I told um, Amanda that I believe that it could have been from the car setup by Harry because it seemed like he might have had a tendency to allow carbon monoxide into the cockpit. <laughs> so maybe that black on his face is actually the carbon monoxide. Let's talk about that. Was it was it really necessary to throw in the plot that his former driver buddy, you know, died the previous year, and there was an investigation, and and Harry wouldn't cooperate, and you know, was was it Harry said he, he was spooked and he was you know dead before he hit the wall? There's all this speculation. Was it carbon monoxide? I mean, was was that really necessary to the plot? I don't like Only it. Only because I'm sorry, Amanda. You're good. Go ahead. Um, I I think it that whole that whole deal is so confusing because you hear so many different opinions on what happened because they're you know Harry's defensive about it and Cole's a little accusatory and so is is Tim the owner and 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 there's just so many things that wouldn't happen in real NASCAR like um, he can just walk away. And we won't do an investigation uh, because he walked away on a guy that got killed on a racetrack. You know, like it's so far fetched and, and unrealistic that it's kind of frustrating. But I don't know if that that whole storyline needed in there. And it always confused me a little bit because like Buck, Buddy's son, who just happens to work on the, the team. I don't know what he didn't really have a job. 
You know, like he's not on the crew because they're out there changing tires and he's just standing next to Harry looking at it. Well, he held the pit sign. Oh, well, see, but he also <laughs> got to ride back in the back, you know, of the, the hauler after they went a race. That's and right. I, he, you know, he was that cool. So it, it almost seemed like maybe Harry felt bad because, you know, maybe he killed his dad. So he just kind of let Buck hang out. Well, I, yeah, I was confused too because I actually asked you in the week why why was Harry being investigated for someone that died on the track? I, I didn't really get it. Amanda, what were you going to say about it? Oh, I was going to say it. The whole him having to quit altogether to avoid investigation—that part wasn't really necessary. But having his last driver die driving explains why when Cole wanted to do Daytona, he was against it and had to be convinced. So I think that's why they kind of threw it in there, but the whole investigation mystery, I don't know. And like I told Tim today, a quick autopsy would have told you in five seconds, did he have carbon monoxide poisoning? You don't even need to check out the car. It's true. It's a good point. You know, just go, just go to the medical records and see what it says. Well, there is a part in the movie where Harry says he was probably dead before he hit the wall. That's when they're in the hauler. He says he's probably dead before he hit the wall. Coroner's report showed massive heart attack. But then later on, he says he was jabbing on the radio really fast right before he hit the wall. So I don't still confused on it. Well, I wonder it, I wonder if that was a, a bit of a, a side plot where they tried to bring it back to Cole being spooked at, you know, after his big crash. And because Buddy had the same sort of demons he was fighting. I, I don't know if they were trying to bring it around, which I guess is fine. But the, the investigation part was kind of weird to me. Um, I've seen the movie like a hundred times and I'm not a hundred percent sure that I've ever considered what Amanda just said about that, like tying it at the end. But yeah, I mean, now that makes complete sense. Like he didn't want him to get back in the car and he was trying to make sure that he didn't. And then, you know, at the end of the movie, when Harry's sitting on the wall by himself and everybody's celebrating in victory lane, I guess, you know, it wasn't just winning the Daytona 500 is almost like, no, he didn't kill another driver. <laughs> <laughs> I sent you guys categories to help discuss the movie uh, in, the, in the last couple of weeks. Um, it, it, categories that I arbitrarily made up and uh, seemed to fit. Um, there won't necessarily be a winner of any category, but it's going to give us a lot of talking points and, and a, a lot of nominations to go through. Um so I, I think it's appropriate for me because this is an infinitely quotable movie. Um, you could really just had my list got so long. I just had to cut it off after about seven um, best quote of the movie or best line of the movie. Um, Amanda, why don't you start? What, what do you got? Well, first when we rewatched the movie today, I actually started making little hash marks every time there was something quotable. I was like, yep, that's another one. That's another one. I stopped at 15 and I think we were what, 20 minutes into the movie. So that <laughs> sure. was fun. Um, <clears throat> I decided that the monkey fucking a football is the most well-known by everybody. Everybody knows that quote. Everybody loves that quote. So that's probably the top. And what do we do? We end up looking like a monkey fucking a football out there. But I prefer when Harry is saying you, he done it deliberate. You pegged the engine in Atlanta, red line the sun, bitch, and blew it sky high. Done it deliberate. Done it deliberate. 
We use that one all the time. Yes. All the time. And, and that's in reference yeah. to him intentionally blowing the, uh, the engine. And um, I think it was at Atlanta, you know, and in his comeback. Yeah. It's the one where he got scared and he hit right. 9,000 right. RPM. Yes. And the other one we use all the time would be the, oh, when Claire's in the car and he's having his road rage incident for whatever reason, he's got a lot of anger and she's yelling at him to let me out of the car, Cole. Let me out of the car, Cole. Let me out of the car, Cole. Let me out of the car. <laughs> over and over. We yell that all the time. I really enjoy that one as well. <laughs> the... I think maybe the most famous one is um, Cole. He didn't slam into you. He didn't bump you. He rubbed you and rubbing son is racing. I mean, that's, that's, that's one that I think still lives on uh, pretty prominently. No, he didn't slam into you. He didn't bump you. He didn't nudge you. He rubbed you and rubbing son is racing. Um, I wrote this one down. It was toward the end of the movie. Uh, Cole and Claire and, and Sarah actually mentioned that she's like, that, that was a good line. Um, you know, in reference to kind of his fear about things, he said, I'm more afraid of being nothing than I am of being hurt. I'm more afraid of being nothing than I am of being hurt. Uh, that has some depth to it. Some emotional depth more than some of these other ones. Uh, Tim, was there any other ones that you had? No. Yeah. I mean, I had, I had several. Um, I, I my number one was the same as Amanda's. We did not discuss this list, but uh, we do say you done it deliberate quite often around here. We like that one. Um, I, I also had when after they get in the accident and they're in the hospital on the stretcher. Uh, there's a, a nurse or a doctor trying to work on Rowdy. And uh, the doctor's just like, he says, I, I ain't a car battery, a car battery. I don't need recharging. And the, the nurse says, standard procedure. And he said, you just go screw yourself, okay? I'm not a car battery. I don't need recharging. Relax. Standard procedure. Okay, you go screw yourself, okay? Me and Phil have been saying that <laughs> for years and years. Um, yeah, I didn't write that I, down. That's crazy. Another one that I use quite often is don't want you spoiled, Buck. How about that? Something we don't have to fix. I don't want you spoiled, Buck. Use that one quite a bit. <laughs> Another one that and, I know I know you say, Tim, um, <clears throat> he's a brand name like Exxon or Richard Petty. That's my last one on the list I was just about to read. Yes, that okay. one's there. Forget it. It's a brand name like Exxon or Richard Petty. Um, I have That's how I feel every year when you guys are picking the five-man team, and I might get left out. I'm like, ah, <laughs> they need a brand name. <laughs> I have two more, um, and they're both from Harry. Uh, Cole tires win the race. <laughs> now, Cole, there is something else. Tires is what wins a race. <laughs> and then also... In, in just such a defensive mode, Harry, uh, there's nothing stock about a stock car. <laughs> <laughs> like he's offending him personally. There's nothing stock about a stock car. Oh. Uh, Sarah, I, I, I know you necessarily didn't have a list, Sarah, but the uh, of, of, of what's your favorite of, of some of the ones you heard there? Well, I like the deep quote. 
the one you mentioned about not getting hurt, you know, but not, not afraid of more afraid of being nothing than afraid of being hurt. Yeah. Uh, you know, that again, not, there, there were some was, moments of brevity and emotional depth there in the movie. Right. And that was one of them clearly at the end. Um, best contrast to like, you know, the wheelchair race. Okay. You know, well, and, and the red car race. <laughs> okay, so well, I was, actually, I was taken aback by the depth of that that uh, quote. Well, I, actually, I'm going to stay with you, and we're going to move on to best scene. I, w- I want you to start there. What What do you think was the best scene of the movie? Because you already mentioned two that are clear nominations for best scene. Yeah, the wheelchair race really got that caught me off guard, and I I, I appreciated the like the vigor that they they put into that. Um, the road rage that you mentioned, Amanda, like just out of the blue with Nicole Kidman in the car and then the rental car race where they were, you know, slamming that in. Um, but then Based on someone's that, really true story. To, yeah. It seemed to really bring them together. You know, it did. It, I mean, after that rental car scene, uh, yeah. Rowdy and Cole were, they were, they were tight. They're best buds uh, real quick on the rental car scene. How the hell did they get on the beach? There's pretty strict laws about that. <laughs> That's a Winston Cup champion out there. So uh, Rowdy Burns was uh, was a champ. So he can take he can do whatever he wants. The, the the thing about that whole deal was, you know, these guys literally were being wheelchaired around a hospital um, <laughs> to talk to a, a neurosurgeon about their brains, and then you know they get talked to by Big John about calming down, but they have brain injuries. And they are getting ready to drive a car somewhere. And that that's just bananas to me. You know, like uh, when you guys leave here, you're riding together because you're definitely driving. We know you just like Cole. We know you couldn't see for a while just a couple days ago, but you're going to be fine behind the wheel of this car. I also appreciated the race between Harry and Cole at the end of the movie that caught me off guard and a six-year-old man was running pretty good. He, he, yeah, he, <laughs> he really did. He really did. He really moved. Yeah. Yeah. Amanda, what do you got? It's not, I watched it today and I was like, it's not really that great of a scene, but I love the match tires when Harry put on the magic tires. Oh, for the first one. Yes. That whole scene where he's like, and Cole nice was really set of pissed. Mass tires. Yeah, Cole was, he was really pissed in Victory Lane. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I a also have a problem with that scene. Like this one, the fact that the first thing that Cole says when he gets on TV after winning the race is, "I we got special tires on the car. This is NASCAR. You're going to get inspected." <laughs> That's such a weird thing to be the first thing out of your mouth is, "We got special tires," and then it's like, "Hey, Harry, what's so special about him?" Well nothing you know it's like well that car is probably going to lose the race because of inspection yeah i I had um uh, when when russ wheeler spun out cole to win the race and then cole just coming and get new tires and just uh, i mean just obliterating him on on his blind side as one of my favorites and basically i I guess he it was never really said but you find out later that 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 he lost he lost his job after that he lost his ride. I mean, right? Tim fired him after that. That's right. 
Yeah. So um, I did enjoy that. Um, and, and Russ Wheeler's reaction. He, he, ah! <laughs> <laughs> You don't know how many times I have watched that scene in like frame by frame just to see where the impact happened and to see if that looked real or not. And I, yeah, but, but, but you have to watch it in regular speed just to hear his his reaction right before he gets T-boned. I love it. Yeah, well, I'm, I, 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 I'm, I'm assuming those were two of the 60 cars that got destroyed in filming. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. What else did you have, Tim? Now, my favorite scene is, it's one of the opening scenes. It's where Cole shows up at the racetrack on his motorcycle. And he, he just the way he pulls in and you're like, okay, this guy, he isn't, he isn't like the rest of these dudes. They're all Southern guys. Um, you know, Rowdy, I don't know how much he is. He seems like he might be from Kansas or something. I don't really know his background, but <laughs> um but yeah like just him pulling in and then the, the the little conversations you know like rowdy telling him you've been this bitch the least little bit i'm gonna tear your balls off like that's a good one then when cole gets on the track you know he i don't know what harry expected but like cole gets on the track and as soon as harry puts the headset on like the first thing that Cole says is I'm dropping the hammer. And he's like, no, you're not. <laughs> and he did. And, 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 you know, it's, it's this guy's first time in a Scott car on a track and he's faster than Rowdy, you know, like right. that's phenom type shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Any others? Oh, there's so many, but I, I mean, yeah. More. For sure. Best acting performance. I have, I've just narrowed it down to, to my top three here. Um, so I'll, I'll just, I'll lead off here. I, to me, um, Robert Duvall playing Harry. I, I mean, I told Sarah, I said, I think he killed it. He was so believable as a NASCAR crew chief, the way he talked, the whole I mean, his whole persona, it really felt like I was, you know, when I watched the movie, I feel like I'm watching an NASCAR crew chief. Um, so I, I, to me, that's number one in my book. By far. That's who I had. Same reason. That was my he choice. Was, he was just believable. And he, he owned that part. And if nobody else in the movie seemed legit, like he seemed like he could easily be out there farming or building a race car, or he could just do anything. You know, he was just that, that Southern dude that could do anything, but I really could buy into the the crew chief stuff. I mean, he literally like taught Cole, like at one session about tires that, you know, when, when he was racing Indy cars, you know, they were twice as wide and the car weighed half as much. But now <laughs> twice as much and the tires are half as wide and you're burning them. And they, and they never showed what his way was. All they showed was that he yeah. was like six seconds faster. And you're like, awesome. And then he goes well, and wins the next race. He don't not only wins the next race, he goes on a historic run and he wins five of six races. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yes. And in the tire test there, 
Cole's way. I mean, that didn't even look like a tire <laughs> at that point. How was he? <laughs> I, yeah. Um, Sarah, who, who, who had the best acting performance in your mind? I agree. Robert Duvall. Yeah. He was believable. He's likable. He just feels like a protective dad coach. And I mean, he, he's, he was so legit until, until he started sprinting at the end. Then I, I was like, what? This doesn't match. Like this doesn't match. Yes. I had um, honorable mention for, uh, I, I can't even say his last name, Carrie Ewells, um, <laughs> as Russ Wheeler. Russ Wheeler. He plays such a, such a great villain as such an unlikable person. And, and um, of course, uh, Tim and I talked about this in the, in the most hated athletes pod that he, um, you know, he shows up again six years later in Twister as Jonas Miller, son of a bitch, and just completely unlikable in that movie. So guy plays a great villain. And uh, also Michael Rooker as uh, Rowdy. I, I really think. I, I enjoyed him. I think he was pretty believable as a villain, but also kind of reformed by the end of the movie. Yeah. If you race him in a, if you race any villain in a wheelchair and then a rental car, you become <laughs> immediate best friends after that. <laughs> and that's, that's something me and Amanda mm. talked about was um, just the way that like, several things happened to where it was like they they were enemies and not really sure why it was just because cole came in drove his car i don't know if he had a chip on his shoulder whatever but they're enemies and then they get in that accident and then they do all that and they become like best friends you know and he's hanging out on the boat with him and then the same way that when you know russ wheeler comes in and drives his car like russ immediately hates cole and like just decides he's going to take him out. It didn't really make sense of why it's just, that's the way it was. <laughs> the, the, the Russ in, uh, interview in the lead up to the, to the Daytona 500 at the end where, you know, he's been a danger to himself and other drivers. You know, when I see him, I, I'm probably just going to put him on the wall. Like if you, if you said that, if a driver <laughs> said that before a race, like some bad shit would happen to him. You can't say that. <laughs> Yeah, you can't get away with that these days. I mean, I, I don't think that they even said stuff like that in the 90s. I just don't. I, there was still a media and there was still attention on the the stuff. And you couldn't basically threaten to just drive somebody into the wall and, and take them out of the race. But they made it look like in the movie that happened quite often. I mean, that was some of the appeal. It's like, man, these guys... Right. They're out there just crashing each other. This is kind of fun to watch. I mean, who doesn't hey, want they're to? They're not watch crashing. It? They're rubbing. No, they were literally, they literally crashing. A lot of times, <laughs> there was a lot of crash. Like they would spin a dude out, but I loved it because they could spin them out on a super speedway, and they would just like drop it into second gear and take back off. And next thing you know, they're right back in chasing for the lead. Yeah, it, it, into the amazing. pits backwards amazingly quick recoveries on, on the spin outs. And then they're back in the top 10 and within a lap, um, uh, keeping it within the acting um, who made the most with limited scenes. I only have two possibilities here. Uh, one was uh, early John C. Riley um, uh, as Buck, um, you know, he did okay. Um, and then the other one was uh, Fred Thompson coming in as big John <laughs> as the, <laughs> NASCAR president, he had basically two scenes, but uh, I, I kind of appreciated them both. One uh, with with uh, the neurosurgeon Claire, and then at dinner 
um, really just, you know, had a real presence about him, I thought. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll say I, I didn't really like big John. I mean, he did do well in that part, but I just, I didn't, I didn't, he was supposed to be like Bill France or something. Right. right. Like, so he, he, he played it well, but it's like, is this so douchey? I just didn't like that part of it. Um, I did like the Chinese inspection, you know, story. Cause that, that got your attention. That's something you remember. My, my pick was JC Quinn as Waddle. And that would be Rowdy's crew chief. And he was very, in the, very, very limited, but right. like the scene of when Cole shows up at the track and some of the, I, it, nothing huge about it. I just thought he was very believable as a crew chief in NASCAR. I, I, I overlooked him. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, Sarah, could this, could this ha- be made into a Netflix series today? Or just better as just a movie? I, th- I think it could have. I, I think anything could be stretched out to a Netflix series. I think they'd have to play up the love scenes. Um, I think who was the who was the guy who always had the neuro checks that was how you know going blind after Rowdy Cole, but Rowdy, yeah, like maybe a little bit more with his story. I think it could be developed. Yeah, Amanda, what do you think? I totally think it could. Like she said, you can make a series out of dang near anything right now. But, I mean, you have a race and then all the fallout from that race. That's an episode. Then you've got an episode in between races while you prep. And then you got another race. I mean, you could pull it out for quite a while for one season. That'd be pretty easy to do. I did want to say um, the acting was very limited. I did choose John C. Riley with you because I thought he did a great job as Buck. Also, really randomly, because I knew I had to pick somebody different, the hooker cop. She oh, did yeah. a really good job. She did. <laughs> Very did. believable. I, was, I believe I her. I think I she was going to do <laughs> dirty things. <laughs> I wish you could have you could have seen Sarah's face in that whole scene. <laughs> <laughs> was it due to the utter size of uh, his concealed weapon? Because <laughs> that was ridiculous. Yes. Yes, and I just was like, "Oh my! This this came out of nowhere." Yeah, they it really wanted did. to throw it in, and it, yeah. it it was good. You know, it was unexpected, and that that was pretty good. <laughs> uh, I I do feel like you could probably get away with like like one season, eight to ten episodes. I, I think anything past that limited be, series, yeah, it would be overkill and it would fall off the rails. Tim, you're shaking your head. You think no, totally. I do. I, I've, I mean, I wish somebody in Hollywood would listen to me on this because uh, I think they, they could make some. So we started, we watched the karate kid, you know, they did that. And, and that's very interesting. And it's, they did it with their, their characters and stuff. I, I don't think that should be the case here because I think it wouldn't be possible, but because the movie's so old, but the idea of getting the background on the characters like really appeals to me. You know, Cole had this rough situation with his dad and how his dad basically sold him out and, and stole his money and all this stuff. And, and then you've got the Harry situation with buddy Brotherton, you know, you've got, you've got Tim, you know, the car owner, you know, maybe we could see 
you'd get into a little bit. I think this could be like an easily like 10 episode three season situation to where there, there, you would get a lot more knowledge. Like Claire, like how did she become a neurosurgeon at 21 or 22 or whatever it was? <laughs> like like how Doogie did that Hauser situation? Yeah. There, you could, you need to get into that because her character sucks <laughs> so bad in that movie. It sucks so bad that like you need something to it because it, it almost, the only reason she's in it is to be, you know, something on Tom Cruise's arm when he wins a race or he's walking up to the last race. But there's really no reason for her to be in the movie. I mean, they go from like her not wanting to talk to him in the parking lot to him flying her out to Carolina and they're on a date and, and she hasn't even checked him out yet for his physical. And highly inappropriate in the relationship department with the doctor. Well, they're right? driving around and she'd let him drive <laughs> her from the airport to this medical center and get checked out and then give him a very thorough, you know, inspection of. Uh, by doing like a couple things, you know, and he said it was so hard, but I don't even know where I started, but there's so many things that you could do with this series that I, I believe it would be awesome. I think, uh, I think somebody should give it a shot and, and there's probably just not a lot of NASCAR fans, but you could, you could bring it in with all the other BS, you know, the love story part and, you know, you can make anything watchable for a lot of audiences. There, there probably is uh, some, some character development for each of those. So, I just want to be I want to be clear here. You you thought they didn't give Claire enough material in the movie, or Nicole Kidman played it poorly. Um. Well, I, I don't think I don't think her character was necessary in the movie. You know, like when you think of all the parts she's in, the only part with any substance that is in the whole thing is at the final race that, that the Daytona 500, when she walks into the trailer dressed all in white, by the way, because that's what you wear to the racetrack. Um, she didn't know how they, dirty that face was going to get. Yeah, she found <laughs> Amazingly out no other part of his body. Right. The face ends up black, <laughs> pure white outfit, perfect and pristine. So only his face attracts dirt while he's driving a car. That happens. It happens to me a lot. Um, so, yeah, I just don't think that she was really necessary in the movie. I mean, it, the doctor part could have been played by anybody. And, you know, it, it almost made it kind of weird that it was the doctor, you know, like it just I think it I don't know. I didn't like her character at all. Um, I she felt, was so aggressive, like just aggressive with him. Like, I didn't think she liked him half the time. And then next scene, bam, she's well, kissing him. It was like a. I mean, you're talking. You were talking. You're referring, Sarah, to the road rage scene where you know he's chasing the taxi. Um, you mentioned I while we were watching, like, oh my gosh, she she's physically, you know, like uh, aggressive toward him. But I mean, you know, he was putting her in, you know, reasonable danger. I guess. I mean, that car got airborne um, <laughs> chasing the taxi. Who was an amazing driver, uh, right. by the way. I it don't really know who was. that taxi driver was, but someone should sign him. <laughs> That should have been who I picked for limited role, you know, best <laughs> acting because that dude could drive a taxi. Yeah. But the, I think what Sarah was actually talking about was the part where she came to, I forget where Tim said it was, but she came there to do his physical or whatever. And she ignored him during the physical and oh, yeah. he did not appreciate that. So she slammed him against the wall and started making out with him. That's yeah. the physical I think you were talking about. Yeah, there were several, and I was just like, 
I didn't understand her character because at first she was like this gentle doctor who was pretty, pretty understanding, you know, when he, you know, put her (laughs) sexually assaulted her. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, um, and kind of brushed that off. (laughs) And then, uh, maybe she held on to that. I don't know. It was just like, it just didn't make sense. I didn't, I don't know her. Mm. Yeah. The character just didn't make sense to me. Well, you know, it kind of makes sense. It went, you saw the thing <laughs> when he got pulled over. So she didn't know that going in, but when he, when he put her hand on it, she was like, yeah, this, this has to happen. And everything changed <laughs> after that. The magic of Tom Cruise. Um, I, I did want to say like, Oh, I just felt like, Oh, cringy because I'm like, if only someone could have told Nicole Kidman to run, you know, like, Oh, <laughs> like, when don't did do they, it. Sarah, Sarah, when did they get divorced? Oh gosh. It's been a while. Well, it was right before they hit their 10 year married mark because he divorced her. So he didn't have to pay her. So it was around like 2000, dirty. something like that. Could have been. Okay. Okay. None. And then I, so this being my first time watching and I, I love movies. I said, wow, to see them both, like it's like pre uh, plastic surgery. Like they've had a lot of stuff done. They didn't even look like themselves at all. Right. Tom yeah. Cruise really had a glow up. And I think Nicole Kidman, she, you know, she didn't have anything she needed to fix, but Tom, Tom, Tom Cruise. Ugh. Yeah, you mentioned several times you weren't you weren't a fan of his his face <laughs> during the movies. I think his eyebrows you you specifically pointed out as well. Um, I, I I I didn't do a good job of this next category, but I Amanda did apparently. So I do want to I, I do want to uh, go over it. Re- recasting the movie with with a couple of main characters. Um, the only like I said, the only name I came up with <laughs> for. Cole Trickle was Val Kilmer. Um, I don't know if that's a fair recast or not. It's probably, I, I feel like Tom Cruise is the only guy that could have played Cole Trickle now in my mind. But Amanda, did you have someone? I did. It took me a while. I looked Keanu Reeves hmm. because it was four years before Speed. So, you know, he can do all the emotional things. He was starting to get, I don't know, like go from a teenage boy looking in Bill and Ted's and he was starting to look like a man. So I thought he'd be good. And if you Google Keanu Reeves, 1990, the first thing that pops up is the picture of him on a motorcycle, just like the first thing you see when Cole gets in the picture. And I was like, that works. Hmm. I never considered him. I kind of thought Matthew McConaughey just, you know, I'm not doing the years or anything, but but then, it, you know, his character, that wouldn't have made sense because he had the, he has the Southern oh, wall, yeah. you know, and then that wouldn't have fit. He he would have been a perfect fit, but then it wouldn't have been great for the movie. He could be Buck. Right. Tim, you had someone before we, we went live you were talking about. I did. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned River Phoenix. Oh, that was kind of a joke. It's because I oh. told you my backup. Oh, I, I thought you were being serious. <laughs> no, um, I just miss River Phoenix a lot. Um, <laughs> so my, my answer to this question is just going to be a quote from the movie um, about recast, and that is, the car is perfect, Harry. 
Yeah, I mean, I, that's I, I think it ended up like I said. I can't picture anyone else as Cole Trickle um, at this point. Um, this is probably, I mean, it's my favorite category. It's uh, it's picking nits, also known as nitpicking. <laughs> Just to be clear, <laughs> I mean this this yeah. I mean, we we could do a we could do an hour on 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 this alone. Um, Amanda, start us out. What are what are a couple that you have here? The first one's one that I've been yelling about for years. Why was Russ so angry at Cole? Before Cole hit him after he won the race, why did he hate him? The first time they met, Russ came up and was like, hi, sir. It's nice to meet you, sir, and just fell all over himself. Cole was on the phone, so he didn't really stop. He was busy, obviously, on the phone. That was their only interaction. And the next thing you know, he's just slamming them into walls and knocking them out of the, why, why did he hate him? Well, maybe he felt like Cole was a little cold to him, but potentially, I mean, he could have, he was on the we phone. Know, we don't really know if, were there any other conversations they had after that? We don't really know before like, you know, Russ hit the racetrack. I don't know, but yeah, fair point. What else? Yeah, I have bad handwriting. Move to somebody else and I'll come back. <laughs> Tim. Um, one of the things that always bothered me was like they let Cole and Rowdy just pretty much beat the shit out of each other week in, week out. There was always a lot of rubbing, you know, like every time that there was a race. But then the one time they get in an accident that had nothing to do with that and they both got injured. They had to sit down and have their meeting with Big John, and 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 that's when all the but that accident itself didn't have anything to do with them beating the hell out of each other. It was just an that's accident true. on the track, and that didn't make sense. And then, you know, the fact that when Cole just t-bones the shit out of Russ Wheeler after the race, nothing. You'd think he would have immediately been in Big John's office. It was not. Right, because in theory, like that, that could have killed Russ Wheeler. It I mean, should have. It, it probably did if that was a real <laughs> accident. <laughs> should have. Sarah, I know um, you don't I have anything written down, but do you have anything off the top of your head? I have two. Uh, it's the excessive neuro checks that Nicole Kidman gives. You know, both of the drivers, and it's just like. And she she's so slow with it and very deliberate. And then she's then she's at um the guy's house, you know. Rowdy. And yeah. yeah. And so it's like, oh, another neuro check. Okay, another neuro check. And then it was comical, but I was just like, why? It's when, you know, it was the dramatic lifetime movie moment where he's sitting out, he's sitting at the laundromat and happens to look out. And of course there's a dirt track and, you know, he has his hand all dramatic. I thought it was comical, but I was just like, that does, that's an odd placement for a laundromat. Right. That's what we talked about that. It, I mean, that was so convenient for that part of the movie that, you know, he's got to do laundry. Of course, everyone's got to do it, but <laughs> goddamn laundromats right, right by the dirt track. And it's like, it's like box seats for the dirt track. Um, you know, the window's <laughs> right, right by the fence. Um, so that was pretty weird. Calling him back, just calling right. him. Um, so I got a I got a lot, but I was really annoyed, especially on the rewatch Tim's obsession with sponsorship 
This is not how it works in real NASCAR. Okay. <laughs> you, you have a sponsor usually for, I mean, the majority of the season now it's like, it's they're signed before the season. They have a commitment. Okay. If you have a bad race, two bad races, five bad races, it's not like you're in jeopardy of losing your sponsors. And after Cole comes back from the accident and Russ wins that race where, you know, Cole uh, blows the engine intentionally after the race, Tim's talking to Harry and, you know, Tim's like, you know, Cole's not looking good. He ain't running good. And now he's got sponsor trouble. Didn't Cole just win five of six races earlier in the season? And now his sponsor is going to leave him. Uh, it was crazy to me. It just does not make sense <laughs> at all. The sponsorship thing, I, it, it really just kind of started pissing me off, to be honest with you. I'm like, what is Tim's obsession? This isn't, that's not how business works. Um, the sweet and low scene um, when they were lying in bed, um, actually not accurate to the, um, uh, what, what, in 1990, they had instituted the restrictor plate. Um, you actually couldn't slingshot any longer at that point in time. That's a continuity error in the movie, really. But, um, you know, when he was demonstrating the sweet and low packets on, on Claire's leg there. Um, also, building race cars out of a barn. Um, not not accurate either. Um, I mean, these are like state-of-the-art facilities. You got like two guys building a whole race car that's going to race the Daytona 500. Um, you know, Harry's working through the night. He's welding shit. He's, he, he might even be painting it too. It looked like, I don't know. <laughs> so that's a couple. I got more, but, uh, Tim. Something on the sponsor thing. Um, my, one of my favorite parts of the movie is when Cole wins his first race and they go to victory lane. <laughs> I mean, Tim <laughs> comes out of nowhere and he's like, we got ourselves a sponsor. And I'm like, how, you know, right. like. He wins one race and people are just signing up in the pits. You know, it's, I, yeah. yeah, the sponsor thing was pretty bad. Um, some of the stuff in the movie, like some of the racing that it, they would have, you know, two different clips back to back at different tracks. And as, as for somebody who knows racing and, and we spent a lot of time watching a lot of racing, like our, we, you know, we spent a lot of time on that. It was like you start to really understand the impurities in a lot of this stuff. You know, the the racing scenes of how unrealistic they are and then the tracks. It's like this is supposed to be Darlington and it's actually Daytona. And, you know, so they could have done a much better job on things like that. Um yeah. Man, it seems like we're just sitting here dogging this movie, you know, but like we're, we're I guess, picking this. Yeah, I guess I guess that's, I don't know if I like picking this. I like talking about how good it is better. But I mean, yeah, there's a lot of little things that, you know, the the dirty face thing. I mean, that, that was something that just bothered me. And nobody else's face got dirty. You know, mm -hmm. Russ Wheeler was fine. You know, I don't know what was going on, but his his face was pretty dirty the whole movie. Um some of the relationships and that's where I just want more, you know, I guess it'd be nice to know a little bit more, uh, some background on Rowdy and, and some of these guys, but, um, but yeah, I mean, the, there's a lot of things that we can pick at, but it doesn't take away from probably still being the, the best stock car racing movie of my lifetime. And, and I don't know if they're going to make one that's better. This was all just one season, right. From the time Cole, tested 
the very first time to the end that the day 2500 was the start of the next season so that was just one season right that's right yeah there's one season <laughs> a so, lot of stuff went down in that one season <laughs> it was busy yes it was a busy season which you know when you start thinking about that it's like a, a driver doesn't develop himself like that in in stock car in one season if they do that's, i mean that's the next superstar uh, you know record-breaking kind of guy coming in because that stuff doesn't even happen today. I mean, these kids, they're, they're, they, the racing's a little bit different. It's almost like they're all a bunch of cold trickles now. Right. You know, that's what stock car well, is. It's, that's what I was going to say was in, in, in my nitpicking was you basically had two guys that come off the street and cold trickle. And then later on in the middle of the season, Russ Wheeler, and no one's ever heard of them. And then they are just absolutely dominant. Um, you know, that, that was, if you think about it, it's a, that's a bit unbelievable where, you know, it, it doesn't normally happen like that. Um, Amanda, what else did you have? Anything? Um, yeah, I found a couple. They're kind of random. Like when Cole sends all the flowers to, uh, Claire, someone breaks into her apartment. I think that was her apartment mm-hmm. and just puts flowers everywhere and it's cute which is kind of weird because it's not cute right breaking and entering um (laughs) the fact that she rides his motorcycle on that same trip i think she just hops right on his motorcycle the neurosurgeon who has a problem with race cars gets on the back of a motorcycle (laughs) from a guy that she just met and no helmet she didn't have a helmet did she neither one of them yeah. And he just suffered a brain injury and he doesn't wear a helmet. <laughs> he passed the test. It's fine. He then couldn't see for a while. He was blind. <laughs> he was in that tunnel. A minute. To talk to Harry. When I'm in a race and... car, I got a guy. To talk to. <laughs> Who the hell would ever say that? Ever. <laughs> I think the last one that really uh, confused me was, I think we talked about it before, how one talk or one meeting people who hated each other become best friends, Cole and uh, (laughs) Rowdy, especially they just had to bond over driving rental cars. And then the next thing, you know, Cole's just walking into his house, uninvited, unexpected, just walks in the front door past his crying wife and (laughs) breaks things. Yeah. Oh, Oh, I have one. (laughs) The, the scene, the scene where he grabbed the bat and then, you know, (laughs) Yeah, that's <laughs> a good scene. The, the very expensive amazing. pool table. <laughs> yeah, it's super expensive, and he just cracked it once, and then, but it it helped him see the light. He went to he went to the hospital Woke him right afterwards. Well, I said, I believe he said, "Now what's it gonna be?" And he, yeah, <laughs> playing the bat. <laughs> Those are his two options. Yeah. yeah. One more yeah. thing about uh, Lewicki when she gave Rowdy the 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 little home test, you know, because neurosurgeons usually make house calls. So he, you know, she gave him that test and a couple things happened there that were weird. Like she knew he could potentially fall over and oh yeah, she's let him fall. She just let him. She had her hands up a little bit and then just watched him fall. And then Cole trickle immediately goes and vomits (laughs) right? because he fell down like such a weird, weird thing. I know what they were trying to say. Like (laughs) racers don't want to see racers, you know, I get it, but it was that that was just poorly done, you know, like 
Yeah, I didn't understand why he was vomiting. I thought maybe it was faked so he could come in and find out what was happening with his new friend. No, because then he stood weirdly staring at the TV, but like looking over his shoulder. Yeah, like watching, pretending he's not watching. Very weird. And then, yeah, he shoved Nicole kind of hard. And then she just stood there and stared, you know, and there was just, it was just um, strange interaction. Yeah. Yeah, that whole bit was a bit strange. Also, uh, and Tim, maybe you can you can verify this since you've you've seen it so much. I was. It, did, does Rowdy own his own car? Is he an owner driver? Uh, he must be because he was all about the ownership part. You know, and at he the he end. was he was getting on the sponsorship thing at the end with you know him cold driving his car and he had to secure a sponsor i'm like geez here we go again with the sponsors just yeah he needed to finish in the top five in the daytona 500 and that's why i was like you know i'm not sure cole would necessarily drive that hard for the win in the daytona 500 when he all he had to do was finish top five for rowdy you know (laughs) like just just get your get his sponsorship paid for because I guess in 1990 sponsorship worked really differently. Um, I guess, but yeah, get your, get your sponsorship taken care of and uh, you know, maybe he'll bring you back for a while, but yeah, he, he turned into an owner. I mean, he had a nice place on the lake, you know? I, yeah. Nobody, nobody minded him uh, driving that boat with the head injury either. <laughs> it's just some of the, the head injury stuff just bothered me. Cause it's like, it's it's so there because it's such a storyline, but like it there's just times it's just completely ignored, you know, no helmets on motorcycles. It's just so weird. Well, and, okay, and but it, his head injury was especially weird because apparently once he fell down and Cole threw up, they found out he had a burst blood vessel in right. his brain for right. at least weeks because <laughs> Cole had time to come back and then quit again and all this time in between. And Rowdy's just bleeding in his brain. And it's just now starting to kind of affect him. It's a little much. Yeah, I wouldn't have found that out in, like when he was actually at the hospital. But, you would hope, but they don't really do but, scans or anything, apparently. They just well, have you watch their finger. That, that's that's the result of having a 22-year-old neurosurgeon attendee. She, <laughs> she clearly overlooked it. Too young. Uh, <laughs> and also, Rowdy's wife, Jenny, right? Really friendly and personable in the boat. And then the next time where Cole comes, she's real icy. <laughs> she was crying, yeah, I, wasn't she? She was well, crying. She, she those, was worn out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Rowdy was in there kids. playing pool. And this stranger just walks in the front door like he owns the place. Yeah, she didn't even say anything to him. It was, that was, yeah, that whole, yeah, it was weird. <laughs> that whole situation was weird. Uh, what aged the best? What aged the worst? I got one for the best. Um, the cars and the paint schemes age the best. Um, they've actually run these back a few times a lot in recent years, uh, the days of Thunder paint schemes. But if you think about his original, um, you know, city car, um, you know, my favorite, the the mellow yellow car, those just they, they look really sharp even today. Um, Wheeler's Hardy's car. Um, what's the other? Oh, the Superflow, the, the kind of the pinkish orange and white. Those just all look really sharp, and like you could run those out today. And I, you know, seeing them on TV again, it's, you know, they look good. So that's my top one. I'm on board with that. I think what's aged the best is the characters. I think 
the two main characters as far as the drivers, Rowdy and Cole. I mean, Kyle Bush is still referred to as Rowdy, you know, like, um, like I don't even know if that kid was born um, when that movie was released, but he, he got that nickname. So that nickname's kind of aged pretty well. Uh, you don't hear too many Coles out there as far as, you know, and you definitely don't hear any, any wheelers. Nobody likes that guy. So um, Rowdy went from like villain to good guy. And so he wasn't, he wasn't even a villain very long in the movie and he was a good guy. So um, yeah, I think, I think his character has aged pretty well. Amanda, what do you think? What's aged the best? I was not good at this category, but the best I came up with was the story itself. And it's proven that because they've used kind of this story before we've all, or after, I guess, because we've seen Talladega Nights. Same basic kind of concept. It's cars. You got one girl that matters out of all of them. I guess there was two on that one. John C. Riley pulls it all together. <laughs> right. Sarah, what is the best? What is the worst? Do you have a... Uh... You have anything for either? Well, I agree. I agreed with Amanda, or I agree with Amanda because, yeah, they, it feels like um, the Talladega Nights movie was a spoof of this, and you know, and probably um, current NASCAR. But um, what aged the worst? Um, maybe just you know, like the some of the some of the action scenes, you know, like the beach driving. Um, just you know the the technicalities and the um of those kind of action scenes yeah that's that's what i had I, I, the, the racing scenes in general are just they were poorly constructed um i mean you could pretty much go every you know that montage at the beginning with um the start of his career with what four or five races and it's just like every scene there's just something in there that it's it's off um tim what else um what are we what are we working on here what age what is the best what is the worst uh you know the i went through what i felt aged the the best what i feel aged the worst is there's some there's some scenes in the movie that like they're a little bit misogynistic um you know, the whole conversation, whoever the spokesperson is for Big John, whoever that guy is, he was just real short and uh, kind of shitty to Dr. Lewicki. And I maybe it was because she was a 22 year old surgeon or maybe it was because, you know, she was just a female in general. That's kind of the feel I got. Yeah, uh, I did feel that way. And then also when Rowdy said, um he would have been back on the track if it wasn't a woman doctor, a lady doctor, something like that. So there's a couple scenes in there that I just don't think would fly quite as, as well, uh, in the, in the environment that we're in today. Um, which is, I believe the proper way it shouldn't be accepted like that, but, um, but I think you notice things now from older movies, just how much society has changed on that, on certain topics. and it's it's progress so i think it's a good thing that i even noticed that now yeah super cringy that was super cringy and i agree yeah 
Yeah, because Rowdy referred to having a, a, a female doctor. Uh, he wouldn't be in this position. Um, so, yeah, definitely on board with that. Do we go over all the categories? Did I miss anything? I thought that there was one more. Who won the movie? Oh, who won the movie? <clears throat> yeah, so this could be an actor. This could be the sports. Uh, could be anything. Uh, to, to me, um, it, it goes back to my best acting performance. It was Robert Duvall. I know he didn't win anything for it, but I just felt like, again, it was kind of the most believable role that I've I've seen any specific actor in. I mean, especially a, a sports movie um, like this. So that's that's my pick. I said it a little bit earlier, but I think uh, I think NASCAR won the movie. I think uh, just the sport of NASCAR, the, the publicity that the movie gave, even without you know without it being factual. Uh, because people close to the sport, we got pretty close to NASCAR. We started to understand a lot of things about NASCAR. And and we found interest in a three-hour race or whatever when when other people wouldn't have. Um, we got pretty deep into it. So we we knew right away that a lot of these racing scenes were just unrealistic. But that was kind of what added to it, you know. And, and so the, their, the continuity of the movie was wrong. They're, they're showing pictures of different tracks. I mean, it's stuff we've always made fun of. But like, in the end, I still think it brought a lot more fans that were not your typical NASCAR fans to the sport, and I think that was a great thing for NASCAR. And I think, I think this movie really helped their success in the the rest of the '90s and then you know into the 2000s. I guess things have fallen off a little bit, but I've I've tried to casually watch racing uh, again lately. I took a pretty big break from it, but. I, I still enjoy it. They're just long races and summertime. I'd rather be at the golf course doing that instead of watching racing, but it's still enjoyable. And, uh, you know, it's, I, I guess for me, you know, being a car guy and, and seeing these cars that they were driving in the movies, you know, or in this movie in the nineties, it was always like, I, I could have a car like that, you know, like I could go get this Chevy Lumina if I wanted to, and I would never own a Lumina now. Like, I never, I guess I don't make them anymore, but I wouldn't have, they're junk cars, but it was just a cool idea. And it, it it was, there was a little bit of history because we went to see that movie and, and I guess you don't remember it as much as me, but uh, it was, it was the first one that they, they would let us go to alone. And uh, so I guess that always stuck with me a little bit too. Yeah, I, I actually didn't know that until you reminded me of that. Um, so, <laughs> oops. I, I actually I do agree with you though. I, I think um, I think the movie made NASCAR cool, um, and and having uh, arguably the biggest star in the world in the movie too, I think helped that. Um, but yeah, I think it really did kind of propel it to really extreme popularity in the mid to late nineties. And uh, I think the movie had a lot to do with that. Amanda, who won the movie? I agree with you to start with. I think it was definitely why am I blanking now? Robert Duvall. Uh, he, I believed him. I thought they found some hillbilly who was farming and they got him to go be in this movie. I didn't know who he was before. <laughs> and 
he did a great job. I really, I still believe him in this movie to this day. And I think we won everyone who got to see this movie because it's not a great movie. It's really not. There's so many plot points. There's so many things that you can point at and say that was wrong, but it's a fun movie. You just enjoy watching this movie. It's fun. It's quotable. It's a good little story. It's, it's insanely quotable. Um, Tim and I have been doing it really as long as I can remember. Um, I got, apparently since I was like seven when the movie came out. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's I mean, probably that's what, the best part for me. I mean, just the the simple quotes and, and normal people would not like understand if they if they're not somebody who has seen the movie as many times as us, they wouldn't really understand it. I mean, there's so many times that somebody will ask me a question and I'll say, "That's right." And they'll ask me something else, and I'll say that's right because that's how Cole responded when they they first started interrogating him at the the trial yeah. room. Right. right. So like I, I do that all the time, but like nobody else knows except Amanda. So it's like she she knows what I'm doing, but nobody else does. And I I don't know. It's the, it, the quotable part. I know it's the most quotable movie for me personally. Like, and we I just learned that we quote it wrong half the time, though. Yes, I mean we always say, watching it like, again. We found out there's a lot that were wrong that we've been saying, but we know what they are. Well, you know, in a way that that's that's kind of what the movie was about. It, it you know, like the racing scenes were kind of wrong, and um, you know, you really are just honoring the movie. Uh, Sarah, last thoughts: Who do you think won the movie? Did you enjoy it? Did you think it was ridiculous? I actually think Tom Cruise won the movie. I mean, Robert, I, I liked Robert Duvall, um, but I think that it really sent his career, Tom Cruise's career, forward quite a bit. Um, I didn't think it was a ridiculous movie. I'm not a NASCAR fan. Um, I don't but believe I the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's drive around that track so many times, you guys. It's a mm. lot of it's a lot of hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do have one thing because it sounds like you're ready to wrap. Yep. Close I sat it up. Like two, <laughs> I sat for two hours googling celebrities in the '90s so I could fill out this stupid thing. Cole Trickle would be Keanu Reeves. Claire would be Michelle Pfeiffer. Rowdy Burns would have been Kurt Russell. He actually would have been pretty great in that. And Russ Wheeler would have been Ethan Hawke. Just because I had to get it out there, I spent a lot of time on that, <laughs> and it's like not even it. that good. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't bring up the other ones when I said recast the movie. That we moved so quick, I didn't no, know I'm where sorry. we were going. I thought we were going one at a time. No, but I'm good so, now. It's all out of my system. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, Keanu Reeves uh, apparently just like the most likable human being that exists in the world from oh, from, just all, from all accounts. Just a good guy. Yeah. All right, guys. I think we did it. Um, we, we made the podcast probably no one had um, asked for, um, but it's out there now. And uh, uh, Days of Thunder, um, you know, there's been rumors. I've, I've been reading Days of Thunder 2. I, I don't know. Apparently Top Gun 2 is the one that's coming, but Tom Cruise is wrapped up in a lot of projects with Mission Impossible for the next few years, but maybe he doesn't have to be attached to it. Who knows? We'll see down the road. But uh 
appreciate you guys with your thoughts and your time into this project. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks. I just hope that we get like two hardcore like listener or listeners that like Days of Thunder that can relate to some of this stuff because if you are not uh, if you're not somebody like us that has seen it as many times as we have, a lot of this stuff probably doesn't even make sense. But um, but if you if you watch the movie and you like it as much as as we do, probably really enjoy this pod. Like there's a lot of a lot of funny stuff. The more me and Amanda talked about it, the more we laughed about stuff and just it's funny, but like she said, it's just a fun movie and you just can't take it too seriously. You know, you can't take the racing part too seriously. You just got to enjoy it for what it is. Catch us on our YouTube channel at your best bet, your best bet on Facebook, Instagram. We'll have some good podcasts coming up. Thanks for listening and we will catch you next time.